Well, welcome to another episode of Rich Politics. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. I'm so glad you're here today. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And as you can tell, I'm in uh, familiar surroundings here. I'm in. I'm at home again today. Not in the new studios, as I promised to all my viewers and subscribers. You know, I was promising new studios, but lockdowns have put a halt to it. And so I'm here in my home. So you might hear some background noise like my dog, my rabbit, or the ducks outside. So, But apart from that, we're alive, we're doing well, we're surviving lockdown. Well, my guest today is a good friend of mind, someone I got to know during campaigning in 2019. He's a publican. Uh, he owns a pub called The Crown Inn in the beautiful landscape of Herefordshire. Matt Solcom. Slo- Matt Solcom. Solcom, Matt. Is it, how do you pronounce your surname, Matt? Slocum. Come on, Slo- Taylor. Ma- Matt Slocum. 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 And he joins me now. And uh, we were talking, Matt, when we uh, earlier uh, this week, a little bit about some of these lockdown measures and the impact that it's had on the hospitality industry. And of course, we've seen it across the board, not just with pubs, but cafes and restaurants. But You've experienced it firsthand because you own and run a pub. How has it been for you? Because these lockdowns, surely they must be taking a toll on you now. They are, Rich. And the problem we've had is, whilst I appreciate, you know, and the last thing anyone wants to take, we are not taking this lightly. We know the impact this, this disease has had on a lot of people. Um, and one of which, two of which, in fact, live, you know, right next to the cottage of the pub. I've got, um, you know, elderly mother and father-in-law. Um, and we've been trying to keep them as safe as possible. But way back when you remember that you know remember march crikey well Almost yeah a year I, ago. yeah well do you know, do you know it is it is nearly a year and you know i was thinking that this morning but you know what struck me it was like you know when we in march we kind of understood it everybody yeah. got it we all submitted it to it and it was like yeah we yeah. get it we'll do it but yeah. since then i just feel that people are just fed up we're frustrated you know there's, there's a call for these measures to be uh, looked at because a lot of people saying they don't work i mean such mixed messaging i mean it must have been really tough for you guys having to close open close yeah. open you know this is the thing i mean we we're used to um how do you put it um challenging uh, environments in the pub trade. That's certainly something we've been used to. I've been doing it 20 odd years, so I'm well aware of that. Um, and yet, flatten the curve, close us down, get the NHS ready, all that. We were all absolutely on board with that completely. And um, we used the time very wisely, you know, and there was grant aid and the pub, we got, we got some uh, grant. We invested pretty much every penny of that into our building um, to actually try and future-proof the, the hospitality, the business we run. And we've got some accommodation now. And Again, as we came out of lockdown, people were sensible. We put all our health and safety. We did all our our risk assessments and we were up to speed with everything. Mm. And it was all going very well. Eat out to help out. um, Incredible support. And I honestly, in 20 years, I can never remember feeling as positive in that in that August time when I came the sun shining. That helps, doesn't it? The sun's (laughs) out. The sun. Everyone's having a couple of ciders. Yeah, there's there's nothing better. There's nothing better than a beer garden in Herefordshire, right? For a cold pint of cider in the summer. (laughs) I get it. I've been there many times. I know. (laughs) You're bang on, mate. And it was brilliant. And I, you know, and again, amazing support. I think Rishi Sunak needs to a lot of lot of uh, praise for what he did. And and then it was as though I think there was that one afternoon where um, the brothers Grimm, um, Witty and and, and uh, Valence put up a I call it the graph of death because that was yeah. his only that's the only thing you can yeah. call it was like, everyone's going to be dead by Christmas. I think that was genuinely <laughs> if that had come yeah. true we'd all been dead by Christmas. Yeah. And at the same time they said oh and by the way pubs are going to close at ten and everyone in their head just went pubs graph of death and and it was as though. Uh, honestly, we'd had our legs cut off overnight. It yeah, was it, it, remarkable. It, it, uh, and we've never recovered. 
I, I, I find it extraordinary that, you know, the pubs were, the hospitality industry was hit in particular and seen as something they wanted to lock down. When you consider the transmission rate was very, very low and still is. I mean, the scientific evidence behind shutting pubs is nonsensical. It makes no sense at all. Now, I was criticised a lot on social media for, you know, you know, you just want a pint in a pub. You don't care about people's lives. It wasn't about that. It's about people's livelihoods because not just people like yourself who run pubs and that is your main source of income, your livelihood, but also it's the community. It's where people get together. It's at the heart of every single community, especially you're in Wales you know the pub yeah. culture it's their religion it's their church you know they go there after work on Sundays it's where they exchange ideas where you support one another my goodness me I've been counselled more in a pub than I have by any professional counsellor if you know what I'm saying I, I am I count myself <laughs> as a professional counsellor Rick yeah. Yeah. you know and, it's what we do and 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 this is what you know we made it as safe as we possibly could and this is what I think we've become so risk averse now whether I, we wouldn't put our socks on you know because it's mm. dangerous you might pull your hamstring well everything's got an element of risk in that's what life's about and the the benefits that will more than off, uh, offset in my opinion um the health to people's mental well-being and the community mm. like you say the community yeah. spirit but Britain and I, I mean are you Britain was built you know it, it, the, the, the pub is the core of what we stand for really it's where people have pleasant arguments actually of course yeah a lot more pleasant an argument in a pub is a lot more pleasant than one on social media yeah. put it that way and yeah. people come together their communities are supported people who are lonely can get uh, get, get contact with people yeah. um and it's a vital part of it and bearing in mind as well the supply chain into pubs are very much locally based so local food producers local farmers local drink suppliers that's what we've always prided ourselves on here and at uh, the crown and so that those are people the knock-on effects enormous and we know everyone's been affected mm. by this but uh, you know there was a different way to do this and yeah. after the first few months they needed to have changed tack they had a chance in july and august to have changed tack we know how dangerous this can be for certain people mm. so let's look after those people and let's allow everyone else to keep yeah. the economy going because it's all well and good protecting an nhs but if we haven't raised any tax or uh or income for the government, there won't be any funding for the NHS. Uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, the public purse can only extend so far. And Rishi Shunak, as you've already pointed out, has been very generous with it, but it's got to be paid back at some point. I mean, Matt, yeah. thinking of pubs here in Wales, I mean, we we had this this uh, pub closure more or less, and if you remember, slightly different to England, over the border there. Yeah. And you're just over the border because I'm in Beautiful Abbey. I'm, here. So I know. And I can look at Sugarloaf Mountains to my right over here as I look out my patio doors. It's lovely where I live, so I'm very fortunate. But a lot yeah, of people don't, don't have what we have. They you know they're in flats in city centers in some of the more urban places and it's very challenging for them when the government now is talking about stricter restrictions they're talking about that in wales and i know in england the same as well across the uk in fact i read an article in the daily mail this week that it's very unlikely the pubs now may not open for a further seven months well at least until about may have you heard that i was in the daily mail yesterday i was yeah. reading it an article they talked about that it might not open till may i mean can you believe that that's i hope it doesn't happen especially for people like yourself and many others as well but i i, I just could never imagine a world where this would be happening right now no i mean you know richard like you say when i came down in, in, in blind and when we were walking around there you couldn't just see then even where do we meet we went into the pub across the street. Where are all the people who are helping you? You went into the pub to meet. And to think that that might be closed until May. Well, I think there's a bigger issue there, actually, Richard. And that is the one of mm. this terrible habit that seems to be um, crept through the whole last, last year is we're not sure what we're going to do. Let's put a few ideas out in the newspapers, see which ones get the least backlash, and mm. we'll go with that technique. And that, that hasn't been a way to govern a country. It hasn't been a way to lead. 
Mm. And that is being very, and, and the stress that that's causing people, like you've already alluded to, mm. I can't, we are very, very fortunate, okay? I think we'll be okay. We'll keep our heads down. We'll get through this. There are people out there who haven't mm. got the Herefordshire or the Abergavenny countryside on their mm. doorstep, and they haven't got the fresh air around them, and they're stuck inside somewhere. And it beggars belief. What, what I, The thoughts of what's happening behind closed doors at the moment is, yeah. is very scary for this country. It is, it, it is, is. And, and the mental health impact as well. Of course, you mentioned earlier, uh, as we were talking there, that you've had to diversify, so you've changed your property a little bit to adopt it, yeah. to adapt to a different kind of um, service, I suppose. And for a lot of people, yeah. they've had to do that. I mean, back in March in the first lockdown, my friend, who was a landlady of a pub, one of the oldest pubs in Wales, the Bush Inn in Blyna, actually, one of the oldest pubs in Wales, um, had to shut its doors and it's never going to open again it was really sad i went to see her when it went you know the final day we went there and everything else and it was really really sad to see and she was breaking her heart you know it was a reality for her but of course she didn't have the means wherewith to diversify the size of the property and etc but yeah. many um, publicans like yourself are having to turn to different means now aren't they for their livelihood yeah. and make some changes to their business matt yeah, that's right. I mean, we in the which one were there? First lockdown, we didn't do any takeaways because we were just, you know, hands on uh, and building and decorating and everything else. Then in November, we did do a small amount of takeaway. Um, and again, you've got to balance that between um, the cost of getting staff back in uh, and that sort of thing. And I think we've had um, a week or so now just to get our head around everything again. And, and we're going to be starting doing just my wife and I and the family will do sort of Friday night fish and chips and, and a Sunday roast takeaway. But um, yeah, we, we're lucky because we're a big enough site we can diversify. And this is, I think, goes back to all of it. The young lady there with the, the, the pub in Bliner, she's mm. got, no, that, that building can't be anything else. Mm. You know, it's not big enough. It only works to drinking pub, people packed in there. Yeah. And that's historically how it's always run for probably eight, however many hundreds of years. Yeah. And this is what it all boils down to. So, for example, in Wales there, you've got, um, you know, you're not allowed to buy this from a shop, that from a shop. Um, the only boys who are doing well out of this are the big boys. Mm, okay, of course, yeah. Amazon, all the big supermarkets, everything yeah. else, the small retailer, the small gift shop, the small bespoke uh, greengrocer, they're the people who are being affected. The yeah. small person is being affected by this. Um, and and that, that's something that's going to have to have really, really big you know, thoughts about it moving forward is how these small businesses which are the backbone of the country you know yeah. this is what makes britain great is small businesses and they're well, the ones that are uh, most affected by this some of these draconian measures in wales they're thinking about doing the same in england i know when it comes to non-essential goods being sold well we've had that i think the pubs were told back in the 4th of december you can open but you can't sell beer that's what they were told during wales which imagine you being told as a publican you know mate you can open your pub but you can't sell beer i mean I just, I, the sense of it, it just, it blows my mind. So you can go in a pub and drink coffee, but not beer. I mean, you know, whatever. I oh, mean, <laughs> well, it's not a pub then, is it? No, it's not. And I think, you know, the, the, these draconian measures, sometimes they just lack a bit of common sense for me, you know, I, I, and they never back it up with any scientific evidence. They never tell you why they're doing it. They just make these decisions. They don't even debate them at the Senate here in Wales. And certainly, you know, Westminster can be the same time. Sometimes they legislate, pass laws, and then you're like, well, what's going on? And these are, small medium-sized businesses that are going up the wall that are never going to recover people's livelihoods we've talked about mental health you know suicide is on the increase because of a lot of the pressure people are under and i think sometimes the cure sometimes it is worse than the actual disease itself and it's really sad to see what's happening and i don't know what the silver bullet is to all this the vaccine is out there now we know that man but you know i've heard ministers say well we're still not going to go back to normal i'm like well 
You promised us once we get the yeah, vaccination. What's the point then? Yeah, yeah, the health minister here in Wales, Von Gethin, said, listen, the vaccination, he was asked a question by a journalist, ITV Wales. He said, will we go back to normal once the vaccination has been rolled out? He went, no. I mean, what do you mean no? What kind of hope is that giving to a country, to a people, if we can't go back to normal? Do you know what I'm saying, Matt? I think, Rich, you're absolutely right. And this is there's a few facts and figures. And again, we, we push into these figures and... Yeah, there was big spikes and people were taken early and that all of that's horrible. No, no, you know, no one's mm. making any light of that. But if you look at a print off from deaths in this country from 1990 to 2020, I think 1993, 583,000 people died. OK, mm. and in this year, just gone just under 600,000 have died. Well, there was t- there's 10 million more people in the country now than there was in 1993. Mm. So I don't remember locking anything down in 93. I was I can't remember much from 1993, by the way. I was at university, but, um, uh, but uh, I, I, I was I, I, I was a naughty boy in 1993. So we won't, go yeah. there. we won't go there, Rich. We won't go there. But this is the point I'm making is that yeah. is that where has the where has the um, reality check that mm. we've got so down a tunnel? that we've lost sight, you know, the rabbit hole I've been referring to. We've gone mm. so down that rabbit hole. We haven't, we can't now see, you know, the light for the tunnel and, and say we are way past the, the cure being worse than the disease. I think that, mm. that happened sometime instead of as soon as we were more restrictions at the end of yeah. the end of the summer. Um, but I think worldwide as well, this is quite a remarkable stat. Mm. As many people last year, within a few thousand people died on road traffic accidents in the planet as died with COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah, or certainly of COVID, and again, it's this obs, obs you know, they're being it's so obsession, obtusive when they yeah. say died with, died of. Yeah, the problem. The, prob- the last problem. See, when you when you are- yeah, when, when you quote figures like you just have, Matt, which you know they're, they're published out there with ONS and a whole range of figures. Yeah. You get called a COVID denier, you know, and I've had people close to me that have died of it. And I've had people say to me, Rich, you know, you, yeah. you don't care. I, well, I do because it's affected my life and my some of my friends' lives. You know, I've been to funerals, sadly, of someone's people who have died, not. Uh, from with COVID, not from COVID, if you know what I mean, all the confusion. And I think the sad reality is it's as if people are scared now to question any of these decisions the government are making. And we shouldn't be because we shouldn't just believe what mainstream media tell us. Alternative media outlets are out there on Facebook. And well, at the moment, they're getting censored, as you know, and across Twitter with Trump, Trump being censored and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's as if they're trying to control the whole narrative and trying to say, well, this is what you should believe. We're going to condition you to believe this and you daren't believe anything else. And, you know, I, I'm finding there is an agenda being played out at the same time. Are you finding that as well? Well, I definitely do, Rich. And I wonder, hold on, we're supposed to question. That's that's the absolute fundamental of, of the oldest democracy or one of the oldest democracies in the world mm. is that we do question and we always keep questioning and we have debate. And we don't call each other names when we don't like the result of that debate or we don't agree with that person. And we still have a sider with them at the end of it. And that's I don't know where that's gone, because that that level of, you know, like you said, you're called a COVID denier or COVID idiot or whatever. Mm. I think that we may have experienced this before, Richard. You know, when we were walking the streets with a little with a little Brexit party badge on us, <laughs> yeah. and we were called all sorts of names. Yeah. And it's like, no, I'm doing this yeah. because of democracy. I'm doing this because of. Uh, and, and and we've gone so far away from why we're having the, the chat. Why are we dissenting? We're not dissenting. We're questioning. Yeah. And yeah. I want always to question. And and if it, you know, if things go go terrible, fine. Tell me, show me what's happening in these hospitals. Then if it, if it's if it's so bad, mm. then let's see it all. Um, and then we'll all go. Okay, yeah. fair enough. That looks awful. 
But the, I say, the obfuscation and the and the and the twisting of it. Yeah. You don't know what to believe anymore, and then you're in a dangerous mm. place. I, I think what was difficult as well, Matt, during the first lockdown in March, and I've seen some things on social media, is when people posting videos on platforms like TikTok and and Twitter of them nurses dancing and messing oh. about in hospitals. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I thank God for the NHS. Don't get me wrong, doctors, nurses, mm. all the work they do. You know, a one. But the, the difficulty is when you start seeing stuff like that on social media, and we're being told by the media, hospitals are overwhelmed you know and there's not enough bed space and the nhs is in crisis both in england and in wales but then you're seeing stuff on social media that tells you completely completely different story the two don't add up matt do they no they don't and richard i think if you went back again from the year 2000 our our great friends at the guardian newspaper have written an article every single winter (laughs) about the crisis in the nhs and the lack of this and the lack of that and how long isn't it the same every year? Now, if it's not the same, I don't know. I'm, I'm a publican. I don't work in a hospital. I've got friends who do work locally in hospitals, and they're telling me a different story to the one that we're getting from the, from yeah. the press and, and, uh, and, and from the government. So, yeah, things have got very clouded, haven't they? And very, very clouded indeed. And any form of, of questioning is now shouted down to a point of thinking, um, yeah, Mr. Orwell wrote a wrote a book about this and it's some of it is just starting to ring true and you yeah. know you touched on on platforms being censoring other people well then mm. if you're a platform you don't censor if you censor you're a publisher absolutely and right you yeah. are responsible you are re- responsible for everything on that mm. site so yeah again have we have we got another hour we can chat well i know i mean I, I was i was looking at i <laughs> know i, I I mean, how can any platform, or platform they call themselves, you know, ban a sitting president of the United States of America? No, I'm not. I'm not a great lover of Donald Trump, right? No, I'm, you know, I'm no, not one no, of those who's a Trump supporter, right? So it's not about that. It's about the fact that they're able to silence and ban and censor someone who is a sitting president of the United States of America, but yet they've got Hezbollah and all kinds of terrorists on their platform posting hatred about blowing up Israel and killing Iran, and they got all these things, and they allow this stuff to go out on social media. And yet they ban the sitting president of the States of America. It doesn't make any sense unless, of course, there is something, a play behind it. There's an agenda behind it. And I think we're going to see more of this censoring. I know that talk radio were taken off YouTube just briefly a couple of weeks ago. Um, A number of accounts have been suspended. A number of people have been losing followers on Twitter, especially those who are centre-right politics. I've noticed that this last couple of weeks. And there's something going on, isn't it? And it seems as if there's this liberal walk left agenda that's trying to silence us all, call us far-right extremists, and try to condition us into their way of thinking and comply to that as if it's the normal. And we know it's not. We have to fight against that, Matt, don't we? We do, Rich. I've been um, boring my friends with a long time now. (laughs) Something with a bit of a cricket analogy. I call it this ever-shrinking corridor of correctness. Yeah. All right. And it's this little tube that we're now supposed to look through. And if we don't, if any of our ideas are anywhere around it, then we're shouted down. We're called this, that and the other. We're called an ist of some description. Um, uh, and, 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 yeah, you must go back to this little centre light. That's the only thing you're allowed to be in. You've got to be in that tunnel. And if you're out here, you're, you know, you're, you're cancelled. Uh, and that, that is, is really, really dangerous. And as you said, if the Ayatollah Khomeini can still have a Twitter account, bearing in mind that yeah. he bans Twitter to everyone who lives in his country. <laughs> they know it's nuts. Uh, then, come on, guy. And like you say, I, Trump's, uh, I'm not, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. but, but you respect the office, if nothing else. And, and, and yeah, the, we are in dangerous times when that starts happening. We really are. Well, we certainly are. And, you know, hopefully, you know, people like yourself and many others out there will continue to be a voice across social media. You can follow Matt on Twitter, by the way, folks, follow his journey as yep. well, and the crown in. You know, give the guy a follow, really appreciate it. Uh, Matt, listen, our time is almost up. We could talk a whole lot more. I'm definitely going to get you back on the show again because, you know, Great. the idea is really short, sharp, punchy here on YouTube. Thanks to everybody who's tuned in. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, Matt, so what's the future looking, if you can see a future now, for the pub industry? What would you say to Boris Johnson? What would you say to the, to the government right now about pubs and what is the road yeah. to recovery for you guys? Brilliant. Well, um, I'd also like to make it, make it known that if you're told off for taking a coffee on a walk and that constitutes a picnic, will that be enough for a substantial meal when we come out of lockdown? <laughs> That's another question altogether. Uh, you heard it your first. You heard it your first. <laughs> twenty twenty, mate, is a Scotch egg, isn't it? That's yeah. all we need to know. Look, we're going to get our head down. We're going to be ready and, and raring to go because do you know what? Britain needs its pubs, and when we're open again, people will come back. I'm absolutely certain. Um, and we can put this behind us and get on with a good few pints in the local. Yeah. Well, that's a great way to end the show. Britain needs its pubs. And, you know, uh, if you're not following either, save our pubs on Twitter, on social media. They're a great bunch of guys, groups come together, really pushing to save our pub industry. We want our pubs back. We want to get back. I can't wait to pop over to the Crown Mat for a pint. It's over the border, I know, so we'll have to check with Drake Foot if it's all right first. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> if the Emperor lets me out and uh, looking forward to it. Well, folks, thank you so much for tuning in today and as, as you can see I'm in my home again but next week hopefully we will be in the new studios depends what the Welsh government decide to do on lockdown thanks for tuning in I'll catch you next time on Rich Politics <laughs>